Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it! In seconds. Unbelievable! And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, folks, what's good? We are back. We are live here to recap a, a very, very fun, impressive, dominant win by the Kansas Jayhawks. A.B., you said... Last week on the pod that you felt it was going to go this way. You felt it was going to be a just dominant performance from Kansas. I think I tweeted the morning of the game. I said it feels like we could see a scorched earth, Allen Fieldhouse type environment where everything goes right. And it really was. That's what it was. It was just one of those games where it doesn't matter. Allen Fieldhouse, the power of Allen Fieldhouse is going to just win like I don't know Houston all the things we worried about from a Houston standpoint Kansas matched very well actually dominated better um so I don't know where to start I will say this actually I, I do where I, I won't know where I want to start <laughs> our guy Adam Sullivan sent me mm-hmm. some some stats that I want to go over because yesterday was like I know we dominated and I walked away being like, that was awesome. We played great. But like, it was like a truly historic offensive performance, I think, yeah. from Kansas. So a couple stats real quick. KU 69% from the floor is the best shooting performance by Kansas in a conference game since they shot 69.6% against Missouri all the way back in 1991. Uh, their shooting percentage of 69% was the best shooting performance against a top five team since Xavier shot 71% against number one St. Joe on 3-11-2004. So, like, I I knew we were shooting really well, but I guess I didn't quite realize until after that shooting that well against that good of a defense is just crazy. So, felt like we were due to have that after the Iowa State-West Virginia game, so it just feels great. And, uh, yeah, whoever wants to take it, I'd love to hear your initial thoughts. Well, I was going to say the late possession where um, Kev missed a floater and Hunter dunked it back, or maybe it was opposite. We were at 70%. So a miss there and a tip back. Yeah, they finished at 69%. I was saying on the spaces yesterday, we had four starters that missed one shot. KJ went four for five, Furphy six for seven, Kev seven for eight, Juan three for four, Hunter obviously nine for 15. That's great. Um, he had 20 and what did he finish with 20 and eight? And then the bench, the bench guys, all four of them only missed one shot. So eight of the nine guys that played missed one shot total against a team that analytics just jerk off. Yeah. Defensively. And we got any look we wanted. We score, we 69% from the floor and we had 18 turnovers, right? You tweeted about it all the passes we throw into the stands all the time. Like it could have been crazier. Cryer hit some threes late to get it to like 10, but the game was really never in doubt. I don't know. AB, I know you weren't nervous a week ago, but I don't think at any point was I nervous. And we talked about it last Liar. week. Big... You guys really? were shitting your pants no, mid-first during, half. 
Yeah, mid-first half when it was like we were up like 13. I was like, boys, this game's over. No, I you guys. Don't I, you guys. I, I have the receipts in. Brian, you're pointing like you didn't say anything. I was so mad at you guys during the game. When we you were, were calling game in. 10 minutes in. I yes, said, because it was over it before tip-off. The game was over before it tipped off. <laughs> yeah, all right. And you said that a week ago, so I give you credit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, it was never in doubt to me. I, I just thought I we would cool off. Even at halftime, we were shooting it extremely well, and we shot it even better in the second half. So I thought KU would cool off, especially against that good of a defense. Um, but it was it was never in doubt. KJ was amazing. He had seven assists. I was talking last night. KJ went seven for seven on Tuesday against Oklahoma State and four for five yesterday. He had seven assists yesterday. And he had six on Tuesday. So he missed one shot this week. And he had games with seven assists and six assists. He's so good. And just like you know you're going to get it every night from him. He does not take games off. Real quick to address AB acting like I was melting down and that we were going to blow this big lead. Here's (laughs) what I said yesterday in the first half. I said, this is so fun, boys. And then I also said, we are shooting 80% from the field. I'm a little stressed about that. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't think we could sustain mm-hmm. 80% shooting for the whole game. So, yeah, I was a little stressed we'd <laughs> go down a little bit. I never once was like, we're going to lose. So I know. I'm overreacting. I was <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. No, but- I think, A.B., you should go ham on this episode. You called this. I think you've called – maybe you haven't called Houston frauds, but you haven't been huge believers in them even though you love Ken Palm, but mm, you've kind of called us for a while. And we called it during the week, during these games, these big games, when you have top five, top 10 teams, KU just comes out on fire. Like they get out to a lead. They never really start slow. And that's exactly what happened. I forgot what the lead was exactly early, but they came out hot, ready to go. And it sustained the entire game. Yeah. yeah I mean, like I said, this, we've just all seen this movie before. Like I, I don't think I don't think Vegas can afford to make KU an underdog again. I'm sure it was heavily bet on. I saw our guy Rico took Houston. Unfortunate for big him. Case, big you case hate state, it. big K State fan Rico. Yeah. Tough to I see. Have to give him a week a week. They're hot right. Lost. They are hot right now. K State. <laughs> we'll get to them later. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Like it's weird to say that they beat the number one analytic team in the country, and I could still sit back and say they didn't play all that well, or at least like sustain sustainably well. Uh, if they shoot their normal season percentage, that might be a loss. 18 to three in the turnover margin is insane. Uh, so like I'm pumped they won. I thought it was predictable that they would win. But at the same time, I don't know that I'm in the boat of, yeah, this team's like, one of the best teams in the country. This team is like a real chance to go win a national championship. Yeah, they still could, but I'm not taking that away from this game when, I mean, I don't think any of us expect to see KU shoot 69% from the field again this year. Like sometimes there are outliers. Like a lot of the issues I still have with this team kind of still showed up yesterday and that just was covered up by the fact that the game was truly never in doubt. They trailed for 17 seconds. Anthony, why don't you just give the listeners a Ken Palm update of where we're at uh, and well, the his history on national champions? Yeah, so there's been a lot of different uh, stats, I guess, tweeted out about that. I guess people are starting to look at it before the tournament starts, and you got to be in, like, top 40, I think, 
in both or top 20 in one, top 40 in the other, something along those lines. But, and then, but then that also includes like literally 22 straight championships. So it includes everyone that's won one. What were, um, what were we offensively after the UCF game? I think we talked about it during the week. We were yeah, like 38th or something. 36 or something. Yeah. We're inside. We're, in, we're at like 17 now on Ken Palm. And that just mm-hmm. shows how much of a difference Furphy has made. Well, I've got something about Furphy. I'm sure it's been tweeted by a couple people. Uh, if you go over to Torvik, you can sort like certain date ranges. If you go with the date that Furphy started his first game to now, the Kansas Basketball Jayhawks are number three in the country on Art Torvik. And, and so that's what I was going to say, be like about not being sold necessarily on yesterday's performance. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like we have in this time span where we've lost three games, we've actually been a much better team. Like it's a very weird thing and it's hard to say that, but like Furphy getting inserted in the starting lineup, we've a hundred percent been a really good offensive basketball team. And we've just happened to lose games. We talked about the Iowa state game was like a pretty fluky shooting performance from Iowa state, West Virginia. Again, we didn't play good against West Virginia, but like they shot out of their minds too. So like, it was weird. It was hard to be like, why are we not seeing more wins with Furphy? But it was also just a mixture of like the schedule. You started playing road games and road games. This has been the worst year to win road games in college basketball. So like, yeah, I am kind of getting to the point where I think, yes, turnover is still a problem, but I think yesterday did kind of sell me on, okay, this team will keep getting better. This team can go win a national title because I was worried about the physicality of Houston worried Mm -hmm. about our offense matching up and that did not seem to be a huge problem. Now it helped that we weren't missing any shots. So the rebounding didn't matter as much, but we still were, were battling inside for rebounds. And that to me was what I wanted to see. One of my biggest takeaways um, besides just field goal percentage was the rebounding differential. And yeah, you just talked about all the makes. So Houston didn't have too many opportunities. We out rebounded them by 16, 40 to 24. And that's another thing with Furphy, and we talked about it. If Furphy has off nights and he's not shooting it well, he's going to impact the game in so many other ways. And that's why I really think this will be the last year we get to watch him. And he yeah. he's 6'9", with a burner, plays hard, active on the boards, gets on the floor, competes. Like, this – I love watching him play. And like I said, if he has a tough – Tough night scoring it. He's going to impact the game in other ways. He he had eight rebounds, I think, again on Saturday. And he's just changed this team completely. I A couple weeks ago before he was in the starting lineup, I I was pretty down on this team. Like I, after the UCF game, I just didn't see it because you had two guards in there not looking to score. The spacing was weird. Now, Furphy in the starting lineup playing major minutes and being one of our best players, I absolutely – think this team could win it all and i'll eventually ask you guys like who you would take right now or who you think the best team is but i'd take ku against anyone anywhere right now and i said it yesterday when the stakes are the highest so far this year when they play really good teams they show up and they're ready to go their resume speaks for itself they've beaten tennessee they've beaten kentucky they've beaten houston they've beaten yukon i know marquette was a tough one but it's we talked about Maui. That field was crazy. You got to play three games, three days. But 
when the stakes are highest, they come ready to play. When they play Eastern Illinois, they kind of sleepwalk. But they're as good as anyone in the country right now. We, All the teams, there's teams that people get high on, and they, they find ways to lose. And you yeah. see it every week. So I don't even – Purdue obviously found a way to win today, and they found a way to win earlier this week shooting 67 free throws. But, like, who would you guys say is the best team in the country right now or – I, who would your pick be to win it all? Would it be Purdue? And I kind of asked that because whoever you say, I feel like we could reverse it and be like, KU can absolutely beat this team or KU can absolutely beat that team. Like we, I think we're as good as anyone in the country. I really do. Well, and that's what's so good about if we are going to have a team where there's still question marks, we don't need to be this like, you know, 2011 Kansas Jayhawk level of good. We don't need to be a 2008 level of Kansas Jayhawk good to win, to make a Final Four and win a national title this year. Because, yeah, I think the names are, you're going to talk about Purdue, you're going to talk about Houston, North Carolina, I think you can start to take pretty serious. But, mm-hmm. like, Purdue with me, we've. it's not just because they've lost to a 16 seed, a 15 seed, a 13 seed. <laughs> All in the last, like, that is the craziest stat of all time. But part of the reason Purdue does that is because they're always so one dimensional around some massive seven footer. And it takes one good game plan, or it takes a bunch of little tiny guards against on Fairleigh Dickinson to disrupt that seven footer, or it takes just a bad ref calling a couple early fouls on Zach Eady, and like their, their season can end quick. So I don't know who I, I going into yesterday, I would have said Houston would be my favorite. I still probably in a six game format, probably lean a little more towards Houston just because they are so tough and physical. But I mean, because I can convince myself Houston loses in the first weekend, but I also can just see Houston bullying an yeah. eight or nine seed that can't score and they just yeah. out physical them. Random stat, but they had 11 defensive rebounds yesterday. That's obviously how good we were from the floor. They had more Dude. offensive rebounds than defensive does, rebounds. Does anybody in the chat know when Houston got their first rebound in the entire game? Like, I think it took over eight minutes. It was and also, something crazy. Also, do you guys know or anyone in the chat know what we started from three? I don't remember us missing. And Dewan's three, that was an air ball, right? That wasn't a pass. I think it was an air ball yes and I, I i was thinking that was our first miss because i know i mean speaking of threes kev was active yesterday mm-hmm. talking shit to houston's bench it catching We're, up it catching him on the mic saying bitch after that dunk was so good i, I didn't see it. that yeah um, all time alan fieldhouse moment by the way when he got that steal and never he, forget cb in the uh Empty gym against Kentucky in the <laughs> yeah, Champions pointing, Classic. Pointing. Um, but, yeah, Kev Kev was talking shit to their bench, and I was loving it. Mm-hmm. And, Rye, I was going to ask you, and this is tough because there were so many, but what did you think was – if you had to pick – even you can pick a few. What do you think the loudest moments were at Allen yesterday? I personally think off the top of my head was that Kev dunk. I that's what I was going to say. Like I think it was the loudest moment of the season so far. Maybe I, I'd have to think back like Yukon was a different type of environment late in that game because it was such a close game whereas this game but dude, we were already cooking in that first half and 
there's always those moments we talk about it sometimes where it's like whether it's a three where the whole crowd you just hear everyone in Allen Fieldhouse go silent anticipating a big three and when it actually goes in the place just loses it but that was the same way it was with that steal when you saw McCuller get in that passing lane and you're just waiting for him to finish the dunk like it was I think the best moment in Allen Fieldhouse all year but it nothing looked pretty healthy didn't he yeah big big brain (laughs) here goes a b go uh i don't i'm i I know i don't want this to be a just like shower me with like i like it but like i i don't know i guess i don't know much bad on the environment i wasn't there it seemed loud on tv it seemed loud on the videos they put out it seemed oh that's a good point in the in the chat right here i would say that uh Furphy's mm-hmm. dunk was also Dude. very loud. <laughs> like it was, and those happened within like a couple minutes no, of each that other. Point, I think. Nothing. It doesn't get louder than when Furphy hits a three or dunk. Well, and his the dunk chance. His dunk was the moment that I have stopped semi-jokingly say he's gone after this year, and I oh he's gone. Believe he's gone. Can we? So can we talk about he's that real gone. quick? Um, because it, I guess it depends. On so my opinion on the Furphy thing is like, yes, he's definitely played his way into the first round, but is he a lottery pick yet? Will he be a lottery pick? Because we just talked about his ability with Allen Fieldhouse and how much he is loved at Kansas. So I think there is a true scenario where Furphy returns to Kansas next year and collects the biggest NIL bag of all time. Like I'm talking one, two. Three million dollars. Who knows? Like he would be such a star on campus next year, and so you you can sell him on that. You could say, okay, yeah, you can go first round this year, but you can also stay one more year, make close to as much as you might as a first rounder, late first rounder, or you can come back, make what one two million dollars, but then play yourself into being like a top five top 10 i think pick. i disagree with that what if Why? You're top because isn't the top, this draft class is significantly worse than the following draft class right like i don't know what his ceiling would be against guys like cooper flag in this 2025 class that's coming in everyone mm-hmm. says this year it's soft as can be Braden tweeted yeah. out a screenshot yesterday where he was projected to go 16th he's mm-hmm. at 16 now and has a strong march Whoa. where all these guys, like if he has a even a yeah. decent march He's going to be a lottery pick this year. Like, well, six I'm saying if he's lottery. a lottery pick, hundred percent, he gone. should go. I'm, gone, gone, I'm gone. meaning if he's like a twenty to thirty yeah. guy, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I just think ceiling wise, like, yeah, I think a team inside the inside the lottery or top twenty is definitely going to take a chance on him. He's six nine. I think he just turned nineteen years old. Can shoot it. I just, I can't imagine if NBA team gets their hands on him how elite he could turn out to be and i feel like we always see projects go early in the draft like we've seen guys in college that average average single digit points go in the top 14 furphy's scoring Especially, what? what's what's he averaging i don't know it's just about you had to guess up. but i i do have his three-point numbers since he got in the starting lineup do you guys have any guesses on percentage from johnny furphy from three since he got in the starting lineup i'd love to I think know. it's like i think it's got to be like 50 two percent or something crazy 16 for 29 55 percent yeah he's hit he's hit three plus um 
in five of the six games. He obviously he weirdly struggled against Oklahoma State early this week. Mm-hmm. Of course, when which was good. I'm glad he did because it made him just light it up. Uh, so I do you know his overall stats since Big Twelve play, like points per game stuff like that. I'm doing um, some math right now. Hold on. Like, do you want the games he didn't start? The games, he's, the games the he started, he's averaging 14.4 points again. So what I wanted to compare that to is I've been seeing a lot of talk about this. Uh, Furphy's officially making a case of, like, being just as good or better than Grady Dick, isn't he? I was thinking about this last night, like, heavily, weirdly. Because here's Grady Dick's stats last year. 14 points. Five rebounds, 1.7 assists, 44% field goal percentage, and 40% three-point percentage. So, obviously, Furphy has a lot of time to continue to prove this, but these last five, six games, he is doing more on the court than I think Grady Dick was for Kansas. What team What team do you think is better between this year and last year? Obviously, you have Jalen get drafted, you have Grady go in the lotto, but you had KJ playing center. And our bench, think, our bench wasn't very good, too, last year. So, so we're trading. I think at the end of the day, this team's 100% going to be – or their ceiling is way, way higher. I but you've had 20,000 KU fans say, worst team under Bill Self. But keep in mind, last year's team at this same stage they were just lost seed. their fourth of the last six. So, like, or they had lost three in a row and then lost Iowa State on February 4th last year. Um, yeah, so the Furf Dogs at 15.6 points per game since he started, so 16 yeah. a game. I mean, so Kevin's I, really good. I don't you. I don't think you can say Furphy's better, but I wouldn't blame any KU fan that says he's our best player. Well, that's why I just like want to be careful on all that because <laughs> we've seen guys hit a wall, and Big Twelve play is a grind, and like we're just in the thick of it. We still got a long way to go. Um, so we'll see because this. even, even Grady kind of hit a wall last year where I think we were getting a little frustrated with him, his aggressiveness. That's the, I don't know, but I want to bring up another team. He'd have because 40 boys, point halves. Grady would have 40 point halves and then zero. Yeah. Uh, yeah. boys, mm. I thought of something last night that has me giddy. This team Gosh. is starting to look a lot like a certain okay. national championship Kansas Jayhawks team. I mean, let's just start at the top. Dewan Harris, similar, obviously, same guy. Uh, is Johnny Furphy starting to play a little bit now? It's not fair to compare him to Ochai Abaji, but he's playing in that similar way of like, he can. he's athletic, he can shoot it, he can go get you a 15 a game. If he stays at this level, I think you could kind of argue – that Furphy's playing a similar role to Ochai, and then Kevin, CB, similar players, guys that are slashing, getting to the rim, great in transition. Can Kevin started to show that he can hit a three-point shot like CB was? KJ Adams, this is where I started to think about it. KJ, I love that he's now capable of like dribbling the ball up the court. Like he has become Point even like two, baby. Yeah, you you brought up like it's the crazy. pass to Furphy in transition, but that was the role Jalen played on that 2022 <clears throat> team. He was like another guy that could handle the ball. Jalen was a better rebounder, obviously, but KJ is still putting – I'd be curious to look at their stat comparison, Jalen and KJ. And then you have uh, 
Hunter and Dave. We know Hunter's better, but we just need like we didn't need Dave to be a superstar. And so if you get Hunter playing at even a better level than Dave, I just think this team is starting to mold into a team that Bill Self has liked a lot last these last few years, which is big wings, a good point guard, and a really big, a really good big down there at center. So like the problem is people have mentioned it too. Who's the uh who's the six man? There's yeah, what, Remy, what were your guys what were your guys' takeaways from El Marco yesterday? Oh my god, just dude. brutal. Shoot the you ball. Wanna, Shoot you it. Talk, you want to talk about the only time of the game where like everything wasn't perfect. It was those back to back tournament turnovers where Cryer was even out remember. of his mind. They were he really had turnovers, bad. and then in the first half, he had multiple like wide open lanes to go up for a layup and he tried to force a pass and it was another turnover. It just I don't know if I've seen anyone it, in my man. life miss more God, I'm trying to I'm trying to think how to phase this one. Miss more like momentum changing or jumpers that make the field house go nuts more than Nick Timberlake. I know that's wide what I was open. Earlier. And you just I don't know why, but I still think they're going in. And mm-hmm. one of them's gonna fall and he's gonna catch fire and the field house is going to go nuts because we know he can shoot it like i'm i don't want to harp on the guy anymore um bench wise there's been three or four comments in the chat about parker yesterday and i don't know if you could get more perfect minutes from someone it was i think eight or nine minutes comes in hits a three plays good defense i think he had a blocked shot he had three boards which is more than houston's playing The Mitch role, perfect, which is ex- – I know that's all Bill Zelf wants out of him. So, And we love Mitch. I Like, Mitch was awesome. He played so hard. Like, he did He did some things way better than Parker. Like, obviously, he would take charges, block more shots. I think Parker's playing that role just as well, if not better. Mm-hmm. Like, Parker legitimately does not make mistakes. He's the yeah. perfect backup big for this team. Yeah, because he and comes he gets in. It. He understands absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing better than having a guy that comes off the bench that knows what his role is, and it helped to get. I mean, that's hard to get from a guy that's a transfer, but he just knew it. He knew from talking to CB, and so he's perfect because Mitch was the same way. Mitch didn't want to go in and score ten points a game. He wanted to go in, be a bully, buy extra minutes. He just was all bought in to Bill Self's philosophies, and he knew what he wanted. So. And by the way, Parker Brown's Maybe. three yesterday, sneaky, massive shot. Because it was the oh, one time so Houston wet, kind of was battling back a little bit. AB, can you pin the last comment? Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah. So for audio, it says, I have no problem with PB, even though he's limited athletically. I don't think people know how athletic he is because he doesn't show it. If you ask CB or Lisa, and maybe they're – Maybe they're out of their minds and they're just trying to hype him up, but they both and CB's the cockiest person in the world. Like he doesn't want to admit stuff like this, but he says that Parker's more athletic than he is. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I don't I mean, I don't know why he would say that. It, that's correct. I mean, it, it depends on I maybe because he's seven foot or really tall that I don't know, but can I make a statement about another white big that we have? Mm-hmm. Hunter, Hunter, and this is obviously the tiniest footnote on the game, and it didn't matter because I called a goldson and a foul. That little like fast break thing, where why didn't he dunk the ball? We were that's I was sitting at the game with I was just like, can he? 
He it, it looked it like he insane. wanted to jelly fan oh finger God. roll it. It's like yeah. you are seven foot two, Hunter. Just dunk the ball. And I like, just hope that that doesn't like actually matter in a game because it ended up being a three point play, so it didn't matter at all. But there's a chance where that's going to lead to a pin block fast break for the other team at some point if that but that were to happen yeah and like early in the game there was a time where like most bigs could drop step dunk and like hunter catches it nobody around him and he like does a floater and he still tapped it in after he missed it but it's just he just does not have that quick gather or any explosiveness to go dunk i was worried about him in this matchup um but he was he was pretty money his touch around the rim was great there was a lot of weird passes, though, from the entire team, and that's why you comfortably win and you have 18 turnovers, and that just – I think that shows you how good this team could be. Like, even KJ, he had seven dimes. <laughs> yeah, Chad, that's what I'm talking about right now. We He had seven dimes. There was times where he had floaters. There was one he had, like, a 10-footer and went up like he was going to shoot it, and Hunter turned around the box to try to offensive offensive board it, and he ended up throwing it to Hunter – when he wasn't looking, goes out of yeah. bounds. He threw like a couple off the glass. Feels like it's a very unselfish team. And sometimes they just need to take those five, 10 wide open, five, 10 footers that are wide open because no one's going to be mad at that. Even El Marco yesterday, he got into the lane. He had like a seven footer wide open and he just didn't even look at the rim and passed it. I'm like, obviously the fans have been tough on him, but I'm never going to be mad when KU gets a wide open seven footer. Um, a seven foot jumper in a possession yeah. from a guard, like just shoot the ball. It's better than it's way better getting a shot up when you have guys that are you have Furphy, KJ, um, Kev, Hunter all crashing the glass. You miss a seven footer, you have a great chance of getting the offensive board, getting a put back. Instead, our, our guards will pass those up and it'll end up being a turnover. Like you got to get a, at least get a shot attempt up. Yeah, it uh. And Bill said it in post game, like in regards to passes, and I tweeted it yesterday. Like we, I've never seen a team just fire the ball into the crowd more often. But Bill's pointed out, like, yeah, we had a lot of turnovers, but a lot of our turnovers were from us trying to create something and like, you know, find an open guy. Whereas the worst turnovers are like kind of what we saw. Can't remember what maybe UCF game or one of the games we just had a ton where it's like we're not even running offense and we're turning the ball over. It's just mm-hmm. lazy passes to start the offense that are getting picked off. Whereas I can kind of live with us trying to get out quick on a fast break to create transition buckets and we just overthrow a guy. It's annoying, but it's a lot different. Uh, AB, we just hop, I don't know if you saw this, but we just hopped 12 on Ken Palm. Oh my God, boys! Mm. Probably Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, but that ju- it just makes me, it just gets me a little going when we jump spots right behind Marquette, who obviously pumped us. But you just look at the top ten <clears throat> and all those teams. I mean, I don't know a ton on them, but like I said, I would take us against anyone. I mean, the number one team on there we just pumped yesterday. So, who do you, have you guys like been locked in to college basketball this year or? Like a team like Arizona, I haven't watched a ton. Obviously, West Coast team, Auburn is up there. Tennessee, I really don't know how to so, feel about them. I know they just gave it to Kentucky, but obviously <clears throat> they're really good defensively, and then they have the connect kid. So I just – it's that's tough. A, that's a good transition because I do want to talk about the Lenardi bracketology, and I think AB has some thoughts on teams you maybe just pointed out, Arizona, Tennessee. I don't know. I was, oh, triggered. Was, a I was triggered online 
this morning when I see old Joey Joe's new bracketology in Kansas is the last two seed. We have now wins over number one, UConn, number four, Houston, number five, Tennessee. Uh, who am I missing? There's more. Like UConn, Kentucky. OU, Kentucky. Like, yeah. It's, Jesus. And it's like, what? so, AB, you, you said you had some thoughts on why we weren't higher, but I'm having trouble understanding how, like, what is, other than analytics, is Houston, does Houston have a better resume than us? Yeah, they do. I think they actually do. That's why I asked, V-Turn. They've, yes. they've got a lot of quad one wins. Yeah, they. I think they oh, lead oh, the country in quad one wins. No, they don't. But they they got six quad ones. We've got five. What are your, what are your uh, thoughts on quad one wins, AB? Well, I I just wish that they weren't a thing. But there's one reason why we're not a one seed right now. It's the game in Morgantown. You can't have a quad three loss. Mm. You can't do it. That's fucking with the net. Now, my question with the net. This also oh, leads boy. me to have I have a rant about the net because you oh, start boy. looking and. Uh, we're 11th in the net right now, so 10 teams ahead of us. Mm-hmm. All but one of them are unbeaten in quad three, except for Arizona, who has more losses overall than us, mm-hmm. obviously fewer wins. Man. Uh, they're also not good on the road. They're three and three compared to our two and three. They're two and two in neutral, or we're three and one. Uh, they've also got a quad three loss, and they've got a quad two loss as well. We don't have a quad two loss. So I don't really understand how that all comes together, but I have to assume because Lenardi also has them as like the second two seed. And then so yeah, three losses is going to kill us. But explain to me, Tennessee, we beat them head to head. Like I don't give a shit about quad three losses when we beat one of the other teams. Like what are we talking about? Right. But if we lost, like we lost to Marquette, do we think Marquette should always be ahead of us? I mean, I don't know the rest of their resume. I don't really care to look into it. But I like, just if we're going to look at November basketball games and make that assumption for seeding, well, Marquette and is ahead of us right now, according to Lenardi. So, well, like, how many losses do they have? Like four or five? Uh, I just need to keep this up permanently. They're right behind us in the net. They have five and five, but they've only lost one game outside of Quad One. Uh, um, my question I is, you win the Big Twelve outright, you're getting a one, right? Yeah, oh yeah. If they keep winning, they'll be fine. Like, yeah. Like, I I don't want to get too fired up about the bracketology six weeks before the bracket comes out. But yeah, if they take care of business, which I think they might, we can get into this later. February might bring uh, some colorful things for the Kansas basketball Jayhawks. But yeah, as of now, I I kind of understand where you know if you look at analytics, if you look at net, if you look at the quad system, there are just teams that are better and have arguably better resumes i guess than simply are really good wins because i really don't we also have really bad losses i don't know i guess i'm struggling to see tennessee i guess what what is about they've got five losses they're better a little bit analytically but we beat them i guess they don't have a quad three loss is that the main difference it might be but then that's why i'm confused with arizona being number three in the net when they've got a quad three loss and a quad two loss like yeah that that's that's what frustrates me about the whole thing is that i can find something that like oh this is why ku might be lower but then i go look compared to the other teams and it's just like okay well then what are we what are we talking about here like how does that math add up and our math adds up to this like i just don't really get it um, yeah. which is just a bigger problem in itself that we're determining brackets and everything based off of that um I mean, but, a lot can happen yeah. and injuries can happen, but do you guys see any way we're not a one or two in the tournament? I know 
there's a lot of lo- there can with the schedule. I mean, you got Baylor twice, you got BYU, but I can't envision this team being lower than a two in the tournament as long as they stay healthy. Because yeah, they're going to lose some games, but they're also going to pick up quad one wins. I don't know. I mean, it sounds crazy because right now Lenardi has us as the last on the last team on the two line, so they're close to being a three. I just I can't envision this talented of a team and this good of a team with this good of a resume being anything lower than a two, especially when you yeah. would think with Allen Fieldhouse and just Bill's resume for ex- itself, they would finish near the top of the Big Twelve. Yeah, and so, great conference. He should be rewarded. This is where. Things might get a little out of control on this podcast, boys. But <laughs> uh, I'm looking at this schedule, and I've already talked about this mo- looking ahead. But you look back a few weeks ago, and you're looking at what we have coming up, and you're saying, oh, my God. Like, we were saying it. We got to play Houston. We got to go 2K State, who was playing good ball at the time. You got Baylor at home. You got to go to Texas Tech, who was in first place of the Big 12. You got to go to Oklahoma, who was a top 10 team. And you got Texas at home. But now I'm looking at this schedule. You've beat Houston. You're going to Kansas State, who has lost four straight. They're blaming, uh, you know, they're making up conspiracy theories about (laughs) opposing teams. They're losing their minds. You go to K-State. All of a sudden, that game, obviously, we'll talk a little more about that. It's always scary. You can always lose in Manhattan, but, like, we should win. If this team is as good as we've been talking about, you should win in K-State. Then you got Baylor at home, which, what a debacle that game was last night. I don't think Baylor at Allen Fieldhouse is anything we've ever been too scared of, so feel good about that win. But the two games I'm looking at, at Texas Tech and at OU, a few weeks ago, I would have been like, That's terrifying. You could easily lose both, and you still could. But I am now, and correct me if I'm wrong or you can call me crazy, I am now seeing this KU team winning our next five games, six games. Like, I think they could win their next. I don't. Did you just say it? So I think you win at K State, you win at Baylor, you win at Texas Tech, who just lost a home game to Cincinnati. Home, home, home against Baylor. Or, yeah, yeah. You win at K State. (laughs) You Sorry, play in Allen Fieldhouse against Baylor. You go on the road. Oh, to like he was gifting us at Baylor. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no. no. Well, and then at OU, who OU gets smoked by UCF yesterday. And then you have Texas at home and BYU at home. AB, what's your take on OU? Frauds. Frauds. Uh, All right, Mike, we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> quarterbacks for the Chiefs dad right now he's that uh, boy gets loaded so so like am I I am actually I have talked myself into KU at I gotta least. go look at the schedule again I didn't so good god you this have, man you said it you, twice you I've said the schedule brain. twice you got my brain twisted I thought literally we I'm just Baylor. telling you this right now we are going to win at K-State we're gonna win a home game against Baylor we're gonna win at Texas Tech we're gonna win at Oklahoma we're gonna win a home game against Texas, and we're going to win a home game against BYU. I don't know. As are our next six games. I don't know how you can hand us at Tech and at OU. I'm not necessarily handing it, but it's like those games have gotten significantly less scary to me. For sure, too. Like probably a couple weeks ago, I think we would have said a lot of fans probably would have been melting down saying you lose at Tech and you lose at OU. I just think like tomorrow and at Tech will be tough because you're coming off. 
home games against ranked teams and you've got to turn around in 48 hours and play in tough environments. I don't, I make, I'm I not very high on tech, but that atmosphere is great. And you know, Manhattan is going to be great tomorrow too. I would yeah. like to argue that tomorrow is the toughest game we have in February. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Hear me out. I think. Okay, go ahead. Hear me out. I know on paper it should be the easiest. They're significantly the worst team we have to play against in February. Mm-hmm. But we're not losing games at Allen Fieldhouse. We can chalk those all as Ws. We've been doing that for years. Uh, OU, I just, like, are they going to care? Like, how many times have we gone to OU? And I'm not saying we win every time. We lost the streak in OU. But, like, doesn't that just scream, like, 70% full, kind of dead, weird environment? Like, OU? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm like, I think tomorrow, I don't care. That makes me feel more they, confident. They, they might be, not be tomorrow. They, yeah, they won't be ranked tomorrow. Um, But I don't know, man. Like there's something about close, there's man. something about tomorrow where you're 48 hours removed from beating one of the best teams in the nation, absolutely killing them, pumping them. Environment was the best it's been all year. The boys played about as well as they did all year, at least shooting the ball. We always say water finds its level. Do we expect to shoot 70% tomorrow? I bet we shoot closer to 30% tomorrow. So, like, K-State's not very good. But K-State cares about – they're going to get pissed about this. They care about one game Mm -hmm. in college basketball every year. Maybe they have sellouts for others. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I don't want to get into tickets. Like, who fucking cares? But that place is going to be more juice tomorrow than we're going to see maybe the rest of the year until probably Baylor, Houston, one of those two games. Tech, I guess, Mm -hmm. is pretty good. But the way they hate KU is a lot. They're due for a win. They've got they've lost four in a row. Tang, we think Tang is a damn good coach. Do we think he's going to lose five in a row? Sure, he could, but they're just due for a win, like Oklahoma State was due for a win yesterday, a couple weeks ago, when they finally won their first game. We have this just it. feels like a trap. It's it's hard to think KUK State as a sandwich game for KU, but coming off what happened yesterday, going into hosting game day next week against Baylor on a short turnaround in a hated Absolutely. environment, I think tomorrow is going to be the toughest game they have all of February. I would not be surprised at all if they lose. The line is only no. four and a half, It'll be a and game. it was heavily juiced to K-State. Yeah. It might be at four right We now. got Legend in the chat alert at um, 314, our guy, the stat guy. Oh, yeah. have to pin that, Adam Solely. Yeah. Bill Self, the one above it, Coach. Wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong one. Um, and where are we at compared to Kentucky right now? All Two games back. back. It's so funny. It is so funny. Best coach in Kansas history. That they the NCAA just decided to rip away 15 wins from us right as we took over the lead in all-time wins. And we're yeah. going to get it right back six months later. Yeah. Yeah, it is very funny because Kentucky, who B-Turn, I know you're heavily leveraged on them. You know, you've got some futures on them, but ugh, they are. Coach Cal. Gone. Coach Cal is just not a good basketball um, anymore but i want to talk more about the k-state thing is that what you're going to talk about b-turn well i just wanted to say the guy you're listening to right now talk snagged the old kansas jayhawks at 30 to 1 a couple times this past week mm-hmm. and i already am up money i can already cash out as a dub ku winning it all i wonder what our number is right now but i thought 30 to 1 was crazy because 
you talked about our losses. You see uh, West Virginia, Iowa State, we played well. They just shot their shot out of their minds. So, yeah. and I, you can just tell this team's different with Furphy. So if there's a 30 to one out there, I would, or 25 even, I'd go snag that. I mean, thousand to one Big Twelve was crazy. God damn it! Why'd you bring that up? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thousand to one, and like, I mean, yesterday was just an incredible day for Kansas betters. I mean, my favorite bet of all time was getting KU alt line minus five. Like that was my. It was felt like easy money. That's how absurd Allen Fieldhouse is. Thousand to one, but they're still five to one. Mm-hmm. You, you can write this this wrong. Thousand um, to one. But one. they are five to one. I think I saw someone tweet that earlier. I'm gonna have to line shop because I want to snag the Hawks. <laughs> I'm gonna have to line shop, but Me okay. Too. I want to talk about K State a little more because AB, you're right. Like, you look at this game on paper, you say Kansas just had their best shooting night, like a truly historically good shooting night. Uh, you say K State's lost their last four. But in a weird way, the thing that has me pretty confident going into tomorrow night is like, I kind of get the sense that K-State's just unraveling. Like, I kind of think they're just falling apart as a team. They've had all that stuff with the Tomlin, and, you know, their president and their coaches all hate each other. <laughs> uh, and so I think tomorrow will kind of be the thing that determines that for me. If they, I could see... Yes, K-State could win. It'll be a great environment. They will they will make shots. They will play good. We will struggle. We will turn the ball over. It's going to be ugly. I think we're going to have to win ugly. But I'm also just kind of convinced this K-State team isn't very good as it is. And then I also just kind of think there's some weird vibes around the entire program right now. The whole, you know, the Iowa State loss for them was just embarrassing. I mean, from a <laughs> fan base, from the... I know the coaches never came out and said publicly that they thought the Iowa State was spying on their huddle, but they were definitely leaking it to journalists. Like that, that Twitter narrative has been bothering more bothering me more than anything. That like Tang didn't say anything or imply anything was wrong. Like, what are we talking about? Like, he also was doing this in the hut, like he was showing a phone. A phone to, yeah. 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 So, but so like, me, that's my only point about K State is like. Could they just be unraveling? Could they be the second worst team in the Big 12 by the end of the year? And like, they could be. But let me to show you that sometimes that just doesn't matter. Let's go back to 2015, where K State had lost seven of eight games and KU trots into Bramlage Basketball Coliseum. That's the worst. I would say that's a top three worst teams of the Bill Self era, though. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I just have a hunch that they're going to play well. You've lost four straight. A pretty bad Bill Self team, too. You're due, like, biggest rival. The crowd's going to be amped. You've got to find a way to win a game. Um, they, I don't I don't know, though. Like, do you, I guess you can look at it as how do you bounce back from that bad of a loss to an Oklahoma State team two days later? Yeah. But by you hearing, just – By hearing Sandstorm come on? Uh, and is there any, like – so we're talking about – Hey, yes, you. We're talking about our shooting percentages getting affected because we shot so well. But also, is there any sort of, if you're really looking at numbers, like our last two road games, haven't they been, I mean, teams have gone scorched earth against us, like West Virginia and Iowa State made everything. So, like, 
are we really going to go into a third straight road game where the opposing team doesn't miss? Also, that, that's true because it's like, do any of us think that Bill Self's going to start one and four on the road in conference mm-hmm. with two toughies coming up next week? I just okay. love this. Is why I love dumb brain, like dumb brain analysis because dumb brain analysis is right more than smart brain analysis. Literally, like let's think about this logically. Is Bill Self going to start one and four in Big Twelve? Are we going to see a third straight team shoot? incredibly well a third straight bad team now nah, i would say it's not bad i take that back. also a bad shooting what, team though didn't ucf have a guard that was not shooting it well that hit a ton of threes on us yeah yeah but Maybe, that, i think we talked about that score, last episode but, where he he hadn't shot it well to start the year but like over his career he was like a 40-ish three point 40-ish percent three-point shooter and just had a tough about two that months. One, coach sellers you might be right um, You're right. Well, did they you were, have more thoughts on K State, AB? I feel like you were going to say something back, and I kept talking. But uh, about the game tomorrow? Yeah, like uh, you had. I thought maybe like a rebuttal to my thing about how like are they falling apart? Are they? But yeah. maybe it was your thing about the 2015. Yeah, right. Sellers shot but, it really well like, at Ball State. But by no means do I think K State is better than KU by no means on paper. If they played 10 times, I think KU wins nine of them. I've just seen it with my eyes before KU go into that building as the much better team coming off much bigger wins. What, when was it? 2011. They had just rose to number one in the polls. They lose at K State in a game. They shouldn't have uh, like it, Sometimes it just happens. Sports don't make sense. They don't mm-hmm. at all. And <laughs> this, they're, I hate to say it out loud. They're going to be more fired up for that game than we are. I don't know about the players and coaching staff. I'm not saying that. I'm saying at least fan base wise and energy around it, there's going to be people at Bramlage at 10 a.m. Uh, waiting see, to get in. Like, but, but they hate, they hate KU so much, dude. It doesn't matter how bad they are, how much they're <laughs> struggling. Sports don't make sense. But if I'm questioning. I'm questioning if the energy will truly be at that level because I think the fan base is kind of in a meltdown mode right now. I think people are upset still about the Tomlin thing. I think Tang has even annoyed some of the fan base with how they handled the Iowa State stuff. So, like, I, yeah, the environment's going to be insane as it always is. But, like, I wonder if the team and the program as a whole is walking in fired up the same way last year they walked in thinking we're going to go prove that we are elite this year. We are a good team. And like, they felt like they could go in and beat us. I don't know if this team has that same type of swagger, that same type of confidence, but yeah, I'm not questioning the atmosphere. I'm more so questioning, I guess, just the confidence level inside that program right now, but it's gotta be low, but what's the confidence level inside our program going to play conference road games? I would say right now our confidence level has to be as high Should as it's be, been all yeah. year because we sure. just looked phenomenal. But yeah, but I that's get it. the, the road other part. Game it's thing. like, and I think that's my issue with the whole like scope on KU in terms of like when you guys were talking about it earlier. Who would you take against KU at Allen Fieldhouse? I'm not taking anybody against KU. I'm not taking the Milwaukee Bucks against KU with Glenn Rivers at head coach. Like Glenn Rivers. Glenn. Yeah, but. It's a different ball game when it's not inside that building. And it's shown, especially this year, they're one and three on the road. They've lost to the second, third worst team in the conference on the road. And obviously those teams shoot the lights out. Who's saying K-State's not going to shoot the lights out tomorrow? Yeah. Like, you know that this is a game they clearly look forward to. They take a lot of pride in. 
I mean, they have to win, right? Yeah, they they have to turn their season around if they want a chance because their schedule is insane as well. I was saying before this past week they kind of got to go two and zero to give themselves a chance to you know get into the tournament. Yeah, it's, no, they, they got to turn it around at some point. Two and zero last well, week against that's OU what I'm and saying. Oak State. I guess they I kind of think they're yeah. I kind of wow. think they're just not going to turn it around. I think when we look back on this K-State team, and I could be very wrong, I think they're going to be second to last, third to last in the Big 12, and they're just going to be a really bad team. Like, I don't know. Could be wrong. Could be. but Yeah. I I guess I don't know how much you guys have watched K-State. Is there anyone on that roster that scares you the most? I know they have a couple guards that can go. We've seen Kaluma. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, they have guards that can score it, um, but, God, they're shooting it at a bad percentage. Like Tyler Perry – as an absolute bucket at North Texas, he's shooting 34% from the field. He will, he's going to be the guy that goes off. I and he's, he's had some big games lately. Um, he just, he just had 23 and 19 last week. Cam Carter's a pretty good guard. Um, and then, yeah, we've seen Kaluma go off against us almost in our season, the year we won it all. So I'm sure our bigs, I mean, at least Hunter should have a big game. Um, but I think we match up pretty well. I think you stick, what Kevin on Kaluma make it tough on him, and then obviously Dewan will make it tough on Perry. So I feel good, but yeah, they they're desperate, and it's the biggest game of the year for them. So I'll read but, you a text from a K State fan uh, about mm-hmm. a member of the Kansas State Wildcats yesterday. <laughs> "Quote: Tyler Perry has just been an all around disaster for this team. So his stats, I, I I'll." plainly admit right now i probably watched eight seconds of k-state hoops this year i don't know yeah. shit yeah i don't really plan on it like i'll watch tomorrow i'll watch when they come to lawrence i'll come if they have a game on before ku's on the same channel i just don't watch college hoops like i used to as a whole but when people that are pretty diehard fans about that team are saying that about their guys even though he may score a lot of points i think there's a little more to it than just you know 15 points a game or whatever he's averaging yeah, and that's why, like, 34%. I just I get a different vibe around the program, the team, the player, even the coaches. Like, it just doesn't feel like a team that's about to go in and beat a Kansas team that I think we just said, yes, we lost three games over the last month, but we've also just continuously got better. We're playing like a top five team in the country right now, and K-State is not anywhere near that. So, yes, the argument can always be made that if they go shoot lights out and Tyler Perry turns into what he was at North Texas, we're in trouble. But I just kind of think we're going to walk in tomorrow. It's not going to be beautiful, but we're going to just handle business. You're going to see KJ Adams have a huge, a couple big dunks late in that game that just silence that crowd. And we're going to walk out of there with what we wanted. We said last week on the pod, go beat Houston and go beat K-State. And this season is all the way back on track. You're back on track for one yeah. seed. You're back on track to win the Big 12 title. And I think this team has to recognize that too. And I know Bill Self recognizes that. You win this game Monday, you're sitting in a great spot. And and then you get rest for that Baylor game. An athletic Baylor has a bunch of athletes. And you get wild Allen Fieldhouse again. I mean, it's going to be wild Allen Fieldhouse no matter what. But what me yes no i i was gonna ask you guys when the last time we blew k-state out in manhattan was and i just completely forgot about the game that we held them to 41 points what year was that 2020 uh oh i'm looking no No, i was at that game 2021 we won 59 to 41 (sighs) 
And that team, that KU Whoa. team was not good. So that K-State no. team must have been horrid. Oh, I wanted to ask you guys what your takeaways were on Juan yesterday and just this week. I thought he was pretty poised, pretty looked pretty comfy. He had one turnover yesterday against the best defense in the country. Still want him to shoot it more. Was just looking, he's five for his last eight from three, which obviously isn't a big sample size, but he doesn't shoot a ton already. He's 45% from three this year. I, there was still a three yesterday that he passed up, and it's just like – Passed why? it to Parker, who made the three, but I was sitting there saying at the game, like it's it's never great when your starting point guard you're begging to shoot is passing up open threes to give it to your backup center – who does have the confidence to take the three. Like I want, I know Parker made it. That was good, but I want DeWan to take that shot. But I've, yeah, I've never heard. Did you hear? I don't know. You probably won't remember this, but I think it was the first half. Juan had a wide open three and turned it down and yes. the whole crowd groaned. I've never mm-hmm. heard that. Which like, I they, hate for him. Cause that's gotta be like mentally just a, a nightmare, but. But they want him to shoot. Mm-hmm. Like in previous years, I feel like. Maybe KU fans don't want Juan shooting too much, but he's wide open. He will yeah, make them. Exactly. Like, he has to shoot them, and that makes us even more dangerous. But he has definitely looked better since Furphy got in the starting lineup. Offense is just completely different. The spacing, like we look we yeah. we look awesome. If we can stay injury free and obviously keep guys out of foul trouble in huge games, like I I feel really good about KU. I've got a Juan little note. Uh, Braden, you just said since Furphy beca- or came into the starting lineup, uh, let me go through Dewan Harris's turnovers per game in those six, seven games against OU. No turnovers. Played forty minutes against Oklahoma State. Played thirty-one minutes. One turnover. West Va, thirty-six minutes. No turnovers. Cincy, that was a bad one. Five turnovers. We'll move on. Uh, at Iowa State, a top five defense in the country right now. Two turnovers versus Oklahoma State uh, this past week. One turnover, and against Houston yesterday, the best defense in the league. One turnover. He's just not turning it over hardly at all. If you take out the Cincy game, it's less than one per game. That's yep. I, th- if, I think if we went back to episodes when talking about Dewan, that's like the biggest thing we say is shoot the ball and don't turn it over. And he's I maybe yeah. he's not shooting enough, but it's not like the offense has fallen back. We've been a I think Torvik had us as the number two offense in basketball since Furphy started. <clears throat> That's what I was going to say is if Juan isn't turning it over, is anyone upset at him ever? No. Like, because he's not really going to have a bad shooting shooting night. If he's not going to have a bad shooting night, um, I I guess, yeah, he could miss little bunnies around the rim. Um, But as long as he's taking care of the ball, because you know he's going to defend, and then he's going to end up getting guys involved. I think he only had three assists yesterday, but. He's not turning it over. You really can't complain about much with him. But we haven't talked about, and I don't know, I wasn't paying too much attention to this, but like I said on the last pod, every game I had watched of Houston this year, I came away thinking like Jamal Shedd is like a gamer. He's the guy I want a point guard. Like if I had to pick a point guard, he's my guy. You love him. Jamal Shedd did nothing yesterday. He was flat out bad. Um, And I don't know if that was Dewan. I think some of that was Dewan's doing, wasn't it? I guess I didn't pay – too much attention. I think Dewan got switched on to Cryer at a certain point, but yeah, I mean, we took Jamal Shedd completely out of the game. He did nothing, and that was huge because that's how that's how good we were offensively. As no KU fans have even talked about us defensively yesterday. I know Houston mm-hmm. isn't insane offensively; they're not like high powered and put up a ton of points, but 
35% from the floor, I think, 36%, 25 for 69, and we weren't giving them too many second chances. So, yeah, yeah. you had talked about it. Shed had been on a crazy run. I think he had nights where he had 28, 25. You hold him to single digits. And that's from playing behind all game. You would think him and – well, Cryer was, but you would think they would just start launching, trying to get yeah. back into the game, and Shed wasn't able to do anything. Their guards weren't really even able to get downhill. And I was – I said it during the week. I was worried about our offense getting good looks. We got everything we wanted. And it just yeah. – Bill Self, dude, he is so fucking good. He's the best coach in the country, and he's the best coach to ever coach at Kansas. Like, it – he's so good. Takes over for Roy and exceeds expectations. Like, By the way, I was sad they didn't show this on on TV, but Bill was fired up at the end of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, did like a whole like hands in the air, like a almost like a pump up the crowd. Like you could <laughs> tell he knew how badly he wanted to. I mean, it was a must win for Big 12 title chase, but also just like as a win this team needed to kind of prove that we are an elite basketball team, and I think that's why I feel good about Monday. I I don't think this team is – this Monday matters a lot, whereas <laughs> last year in Manhattan, I'm not sure we were, you know, early up, a little earlier in the Big 12 season. K-State yeah. was – so – We're halfway know. through, right? Big yeah. 12 play? Yeah. So, How, What were your guys' thoughts on Kelvin's uh, timeouts late? I don't know. It was, it was just annoying, weird. But just Fran added. was Fran was saying they were all with a purpose. Well, of course, I didn't yeah. quite understand why. Um, I don't know. I just laughed it off. Worst they case, you guys, was thirteen seconds, and then they yeah. Did but w- what's the downside? You guys spend an extra two minutes in Allen Fieldhouse with a packed crowd. Yeah, yeah I just I, I was wondering the. It was my, the game, so that. Like, like I did I can't imagine love... it was anything to do with like that game right there. It was probably a little bit of a let's set this up for the next time we see it when it is close maybe but still i did love samson's like post game him being like it's absolutely insane that we were under like we were favorites like kansas should never be underdogs in that building sacrilege uh, maybe yeah sacrilege he was just so and you could tell like i forgot he never won at allen Fieldhouse when he was at ou what did he say again <laughs> What did, <laughs> what did I say? Yeah, yeah. he quickly went to look at the previous games. Yeah, they I showed it on the broadcast. He's 0-8 now in field. They went to the coach. Final Four. Kelvin Sampson and Oklahoma Sooners came into Allen Field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so he's seen it all, and you could just tell he was like, God, this building. Like, you can tell he's probably just like, I hate that I have to keep coming back to this place every year now. Um, um, speaking of post-game press conferences, uh, I know, I, I think I sent it to our group chat, maybe. Maybe it was with Allen in it. Uh, did you guys see Bill Self slap his dick on the table uh, when they asked him if uh, was it big? if he knew that he was an underdog yesterday? It was, and he was, it was so good. He was like, like oh. he's like, what oh, I didn't know. I, I never, I didn't know until right now that we were an underdog. And, and he was, was like, like, when was the other time? Yeah, yeah, it was the second time you've ever ever been an underdog. Second time I've been an underdog here at home since I've been here. When was the other time? Twenty twenty one against Baylor. Ah, oh, 2021 oh. against Baylor. Nice. Good to know. Oh, he just yeah. had a little, he, he a little smirk with... on his face. Like he absolutely had to know. Oh, it was so good. The way he said, Perfect. good, good Kelvin to know. knew. Good to good know, know, guys. Oh, he's yeah, such a boss, dude. He is such a boss, but. You were an underdog? 
<laughs> How do you make us dogs? Uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, I don't have a whole lot. I think I just, I really wanted to get on and, and enjoy this feeling of being Subscribe. back to convince this team can win it all. I'll tell you this. I will be gutted with a loss Monday night because I'm all the way back as everyone should be. And boy, would it feel like you just start to see momentum and lose it if you lose Monday night. That's why I'm just so convinced we won't. But yes, let's please make subscribe. A pick, make your pick. Let's do score predictions. We haven't done that in five years. Are, yep. Is there a line out? Four and a half is what I saw earlier. Total? What's the total? Fuck, man. I don't know. Well, let me look. Fuck, man. <laughs> I, uh, you think I work for Vegas? Yes. Like I said, I think it's going to be like, I don't think it's going to be like a clinic offensively from us, but I do think we'll be locked in defensively. I think we'll win. Uh, it looks like it's minus five with a total of about 144. So I think we win like 70 62. Like, I think we just kind of handle business kind of ugly throughout the game and we just pull away. We make more plays in the final five, 10 minutes of the game and win. Kind of comfortably, I would say. So that's my prediction. We'll go 70-62. Hawks. I will go 73-64, Kansas. Johnny Furphy with 47 points. I hate myself already. Hey, you your predictions have Dude, been good. Yeah, I know, and I hate this because he's going to predict K-State wins the game, and he's been I don't think it's a bad pick. locked in. 72-68 cats. Oh. I just – I don't get it. There's that nothing – That should scare KU fans because this What is... do you mean there's nothing, Ryan? It's college basketball this year. Top I know. teams lose on the road all the time. Was there I anything know. on Dude, paper around. that said – Was there anything but... on paper that said Georgia Tech should have beat North Carolina on Monday? Absolutely no. not. But you it's know what a... I had? You know what I had? A gut fucking feeling that basketball is weird, sports are weird, Tennessee. 18 to 22-year-olds are weird, and things happen. You know what I had going into the UCF game? The same feeling I have now. I hope to God I'm wrong, but it's 72-68 cats You tomorrow. claimed before the UCF game we weren't going to lose for a month. I understand that, and then I woke up that day, and I text you guys, boy, I'm nervous already. Yeah, I no. have. I we should be nervous every road game rest of the year. I don't – like, what game do you guys think we'll just go in and flat Oklahoma. out win? Oklahoma. I, That's fine, yeah. I am nervous. Oh, I am always nervous in Bramlage. But, like, no. This – K-State's unraveling. They're not good. They're no, I, it does straight. come to it. We have nine conference road games. If we lose this one, we're one and four with four to go. Self ain't going to go like two and seven on the road. So he's got to pick one or two up. This seems like it could be the one to do that. Uh, but God, he's going to pick Baylor yesterday. Baylor at home hasn't exactly been this unbeatable force. They're playing a bunch of close games with the Speaking shit camera Baylor angle. Oh Dude. my God. Yes. Another shit camera angle we got to deal with. The Lipsy for Iowa Dude. State looked like he was four foot two. I'm it was so annoying. Shit, they got to uh, fix it. Otherwise, tear the arena down and start over. I guess. Can you guys envision KU playing like shit tomorrow? No. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. I don't know. Oh, yeah. God, we played so good for a while now. It feels like like it just feels like our offense is clicking. So but it feels I, like K-State might have to. I love these comments right here. Put the final nail in the coffin. Cats lose tomorrow. They're done this year. Like, that's what a rivalry is. We should be sitting there in the locker room being like, this team is 
falling apart and we can go finish them off. Like we can end their season with a dominant performance. So that's what I want to see from KU tomorrow. Not a scared, timid, like we're not going to make shots. We just know we're not going to turn around and shoot and have another 50 plus percent shooting performance, but we can play good defense. We can take care of the ball and we will win. We're going to take care of business. I will be gutted if we don't. Do you see this team being timid with all the upperclassmen they have and, but it's just the it is the road woes we've lost we've looked bad on the road, but it's fine. I, Ab, you've been on an absolute heater. You're due to lose. You're due to be wrong about something. And uh, <laughs> I hope the guy. Time. I am. And I you really chose a you chose a great time to hopefully be wrong. But I believe you, and I respect that you're just going with your gut. Um, but no, we're fine. Hawks win. I uh, I don't believe. Let me make sure this is accurate before I spew out nonsense on the pod. Yeah, we haven't won three games in a row in the Big Twelve this year. Yeah, I mean, what are we talking about? We just talked about how like Bill Self doesn't lose as an underdog at Allen Fieldhouse. Bill Self also doesn't just fall apart for an entire road season, uh, for entire Big Twelve season on the road. Like we're gonna win some road games. All right. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, Uh, If they go two and one on the next three road games, though, they're going to win the conference. Us three should be all be in the building tomorrow. We will be in the building. So, hey, I tweeted this out too. But any K State fans that are in here watching, there might be one or two of you just to talk shit. Uh, I can't wait for Sandstorm tomorrow. Bring it. Bring the fuck KU. I don't want KSU. I don't want the nonsense. Say fuck KU. Make me feel something in that arena. Yeah, that that program needs to get there. They need to get some hatred. I guess they did with the Iowa State thing. Like that was an all-time K-State night. But uh, yeah, no, we want to hear FKU. Give it to me. It's better. Eat it to I, me. I think we play better when they do it. So uh, yeah, let's let's not forget this Bramlage Coliseum has been open since like 1985, and they have like six wins total over us in that building. So like. Everything's gonna be okay. So, uh, rock chalk. I'm feeling good, man. I this the years that we. I know every year we're talented, but the years that we actually know and feel like we're a national title contender and have a chance to go deep, there's nothing like it. Yep, and that's like you exactly could feel it in 2022. I know we lost at TCU late, but we knew that team was good enough. 2020, mm-hmm. I know that stunk, but the years that we know, like 17, 18, I know you come up short, but the years that you actually feel it, that they can win it. I don't uh, know. Yes, we have. have. We, a couple 2014 of, and 2015. It's yeah, the last time say. we've lost back-to-back in Manhattan, and I would say those those were back-to-back nine-loss Kansas team. We lost nine in 2014. I think we lost 10 in 2015. Remember Here's the problem. Wiggins if we're not back. careful, this team could also lose nine or ten. Yeah, games. but different Big 12. Yes. Remember Wiggins put back in Manhattan to send it to OT. He that was, was literally in the crowd. Yeah, it was incredible. Off the off the air. Once Will we get Spradling. Off. Will Spradling then crossed up Embiid. So yeah, that was a tough scene. Ooh, awesome. But, all right, let's wrap it up. Thank you all for uh, joining, and uh, hopefully back next week to for us to laugh in AB's face for predicting the old <laughs> Kansas State Wildcats. But uh, all right. Subscribe, 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 and we will see you next week. Rock Shock.